When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody and welcome to the show happy wednesday i'm your host amala epinobi you may have noticed the video popped up twice and it's because taylor is in nashville but he's not on the show right now taylor's gonna be here in about like 10 15 minutes or so so hang around he'll be here in no time so uh, i might have put the wrong title for the show are you not embarrassed? Okay, anyways, <laughs> we're back. Everything's working. Uh, I'm just doing all the behind the scenes stuff, so bear with me, bear with me. Now, if you're reading the correct headline on today's video, we are gonna be talking about Noah Schnapp. For those of you who don't know who Noah Schnapp is, he is an actor uh, most known for his role as Will Byers on the show Stranger Things, which is now about to be in production for season five. Now, Stranger Things is in a little bit of a little bit of danger, it may seem, because Noah Schnapp has been a vocal Zionist on social media in the wake of everything that's been happening in the Middle East uh, with Israel and Palestine. We'll get to that. We'll lay out all the different controversy that he is now uh, dealing with. And most recently, he's responded to that controversy with a video that he posted on TikTok addressing the issues. Now, before we get to that, let's talk about what happened. So, of course, you have the attack that Hamas committed uh, in Israel on October 7th and all the turmoil that was created from that. Now, in the wake of that, you had a lot of people coming out and, uh, you know, saying that they are pro-Palestinian, a lot of people coming out and saying that they were pro-Israel. Israel responded swiftly, uh, you know, with bombings uh, in, in Gaza many, many bombs uh, and, and many innocent lives lost. So there's people who sit on the side of, I'm pro-Israel, they have to respond to an attack that's been committed by Hamas and they have every right to do so uh, by whatever means that they deem necessary. There are others who say, uh, yes, I understand that the attack committed by Hamas must be condemned, but that Israel's response uh, is disproportionate to that of the original t attack that occurred on October 7th. Then you have those on the left that actually seem to support Hamas, refer to them as, as freedom fighters, and of course all of the different other opinions you can have on uh, this current topic. I'm open to hearing yours. Throw them in the live chat down below. Now, Noah Schnapp who, as I said before, is most known for playing Will Byers in the show Stranger Things, came out on social media and uh, made numerous posts about where his allegiance lies. He made a video that was essentially circulated all over the internet of him passing out stickers uh, with, it seems to be, his fellow Zionist friends. Now, the stickers said Zionism is sexy, and the other one said Hamas is ISIS. So this video goes viral on the internet in the wake of everything that's currently happening and people 
on the pro-Palestinian side said, how dare you post something like Zionism is sexy, given the response that Israel has had uh, and all the innocent Palestinians who have now lost their, lost their lives due to the response from the Israeli government. So as you can imagine, uh, there's been calls to boycott Stranger Things, uh, to not support the show, given that season five is about to appear on Netflix and it is the final season of the show. So they want this show to go out with a bang. And by bang, uh, I mean nobody watching it. Now, I don't know exactly what's going to happen here, how much of a dent they're going to be able to put in the show and uh, into Netflix. But let's talk about this for a little while. So these posts were made a while back. Noah Schnapp has remained pretty silent on the matter, not coming forward with any response to all of the different calls to boycott the show, all of the people calling him out for his uh, Zionist beliefs. And then he liked this video on Instagram. And before I get into my analysis on the matter, let's watch it and let's see how we feel about it. This is meant to be a comedy piece about the current happenings in the Middle East. Hi, everyone. We are live on YouTube with Columbia Antisemite News, where everyone is welcome. LGBTQH. H. Hamas. <laughs> yeah, I totally sim Hamas. Yeah. It's so trending right now. From the, the river, river to, to the, the sea, Palestine, Palestine will, will be free. free. Do you know why it's true? Mm. Because it rhymes. <laughs> Just look at all this toxic Zionist propaganda. Kidnapped in Gaza. <laughs> Does this look like Gaza to you? Yeah, but I have no idea what Gaza looks like. And they're smiling. Do hostages smile? Zionist liars. Totally sus. <laughs> Do they think we're stupid? Stupid? I major in queer postcolonial astrology. Ew. Jews make the world dirty. Yeah. And no, I'm not anti-Semitic. I'm racist fluid. Exactly. And now for a little break from all this activism, we want to say hello to our BFF. Bestie freedom fighter. Abu Fatwa in Gaza. Salam alaikum. Alaikum assalam and inshallah Allah will kill you all infidels. Thank you so much for joining us. Love the headpiece, the all oppression chic, very drip. Mr. Fatwa, how are you? Are you safe? Oh yes, I'm safe. I'm in a tunnel under the Gaza hospital. Oh. Above me, I have Allah and two million civilians protecting me. Community is so important these days. Do you need like humanitarian aid, food? Fuel, medicine. It's okay, I have everything. I'm only hungry for rockets. Mm. As long as it's organic. Yeah. I wish I just could be there with you. You can, you can come to Gaza anytime and we will throw you from the roof, you homosexual dirt. Do you hear? Okay, uh, you get the gist in that. Uh, this is meant to be a comedy piece that sort of uh, lays out the difference, I guess, between, you know, 
Hamas and uh, what would be acceptable, I guess, uh, in, in Israel and whether or not there's actually a humanitarian crisis and how well Palestinians would actually treat people who are homosexual. To me, it's cringe uh, and a, a little bit in poor taste, but, you know, you have the right to like what you like on social media. And, you know, if you're going to get criticism in the wake of that, there's something to be said for that. Now, as far as my personal opinion on the matter, you guys know I don't share uh, Zionist sentiments. I don't necessarily uh, believe, nor am I convinced that you have some sort of birthright to to land uh, based on, you know, the, by virtue of simply being born. That's not something that I necessarily stand by. But given that Israel was attacked by Hamas, they do have uh, the right to respond. Now, we can go back and forth as to whether or not this response was appropriate. I think mostly I would land in the camp of uh, it not being appropriate. I would prefer some sort of uh, special operations to deal with Hamas rather than what seems to be happening in Gaza right now. And I follow a ton of different people on this matter, people who are pro-Israel, people who are pro-Palestinian, uh, people who are Israeli, who talk about the conditions in Gaza and in the West Bank. And the very same for, you know, people who were former members of Hamas, which is an actual uh, thing. Uh, and people talk about their experience in Gaza, in Israel. There's a lot of different information to take in on the topic. And of course, it's a tricky one, right? Because no matter what opinion you give on the matter, uh, people are going to have something to say. I am honestly, I don't really care. <laughs> I'll, I'll give my opinion on the matter anyways. Uh, we can deal with internet comments and all that fun stuff. So am I necessarily in support of Noah Schnapp and his message? Not personally. Uh, am I going to call for a boycott of, of Stranger Things? No, uh, that doesn't really concern me. I wasn't going to watch the show in the first place. I stopped watching Stranger Things after around, I think, the middle of season three. It was getting a little cornball for me. So uh, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens here. I'm going to show you Noah Schnapp's response because as I said, the internet has been lighting up talking about uh, this kid. He is trending number one on Twitter. He's trending on TikTok. He's trending on Instagram. And uh, everybody is calling for something to be done about his Zionist beliefs. Now let's listen to his response that was posted on TikTok. Hey guys, it's Noah. I just wanted to come on here super briefly just to discuss everything that's been going on online. I feel like my thoughts and beliefs have been so far misconstrued from anything even close to what I believe. And I wanted to just state from my heart how I feel. I only want peace and safety and security for all innocent people affected by this conflict. I've had many open discussions with friends from Palestinian background, and I think those are very important conversations to have, and I've learned a lot. And one of the takeaways I've had is that we all hope for the same things, that being those innocent people still being held hostage in Gaza to be returned to their families and equally hope for an end to the loss of innocent life in Palestine. So many of those people being women and children, and it's horrible to see. And I think anyone with any ounce of humanity would hope for an end to the hostility on both sides. I stand against any killing of any innocent people, and I hope you guys all do too. And I just hope to one day see those two groups be able to live harmoniously together in that region. And I hope 
for 2024 online to see people be a little more understanding and compassionate and recognize that we're all human, regardless of our race, of our ethnicity, of our background, of our country of birth, of our even our sexuality, of anything. We are all human and we're all the same. And we should all love each other for that and support each other and stand together and stand together for humanity and for peace. Okay, so there you go. There's the statement. It's pretty uh, innocuous, really. I wouldn't necessarily call it an apology, as many are characterizing it on the internet. It's more of like a clarification or acknowledgement. Uh, and he, he seems to think that his views were misconstrued. And I hope that uh, what he's saying in this video is true, that he truly does want peace, that he truly cares for the innocent lives that have been lost on both sides. I think that's a pretty, you know, innocuous thing to say. We had an entire show uh, way back when, when Selena Gomez came out and said something uh, to this similar uh, effect, and she was getting dogpiled on on the internet for saying that she cared about innocent lives. Now, obviously, it's a little different with Noah Schnapp, given the uh, posting of the Zionism is sexy stickers and all that stuff, and the, the liking of certain content. But all I'm going to say is I hope that what he stated in this video is true that he truly does, you know, care for, you know, the innocent lives lost on both sides. And hopefully he has done some talking uh, to the people that he claims to have talked to to expand his view maybe a little bit. Where I stand on the matter is that, of course, I do not support the actions of Hamas on October 7th, nor do I support their charter to call for death to all infidels, but I can acknowledge that there is a very big difference between Hamas and an innocent Palestinian. And I've taken time to uh, you know, follow people who are on the ground in Gaza, uh, one in particular, her name is Bissan, and I'm sure many of you have heard that name and seen her all over social media. She continues to document her time and her experience in Gaza to this day, uh, you know, being displaced from her home for over a hundred days. That being said, I feel that Israel does have the right to respond to what happened to them on October 7th. Although, of course, as I said before, I would hope that the response would be different to what we're seeing now. And I hope uh, what's happening ends and very, very soon because it is just devastating to watch uh, what has happened on October 7th. It's devastating to watch what has happened in the wake of that. All of the innocent people whose lives have come to be affected by this, all of the, the hatred, the division, the back and forth on the internet, uh, it's, it's really tough. And looking at what's happening now, you know, in, in Yemen and the closing of the Red Sea and all this different stuff, and you know, the groundwork can, is being laid for more and more conflict to arise. And it looks like conflict that we uh, could be heavily involved in. And you know I don't like the sound of that. You know I like that the U.S. Uh, I, I would hope that the U.S. would stay out of these conflicts, would not be sending money to you know foreign nations that quite honestly have nothing to do uh, with putting uh, American people first and dealing with the problems that we are experiencing here in this country. And it's unfortunate that uh, we're feeling the need to get involved now. Another Stranger Things cast member is also uh, involved in all of this controversy. His name is Brett Gelman, 
who is an older actor on the show. He is also a proclaimed Zionist. He's very uh, confident in his uh, espousal of his Zionist views, and he has responded to Noah Schnapp's response being posted on the internet, and now he is also uh, receiving backlash. Although he was already getting it, he's getting it even more now. Let's watch his response. This was posted by TMZ. I haven't read the apologies, so I don't know if if he's walking uh, back or not. Um, I'm not aware of what apologies made. Um, I saw no, I saw nothing wrong with the original thing that he said. I will say that. I think you know he hung up, he held up a sticker saying Zionism is sexy, and he said Hamas is ISIS. Hamas is a terrorist organization, and. Uh, Zionism is the belief that Israel should exist. Right. And that's sexy to me, too. I think that if you are not for Israel, you are for, you are, you are either uh, consciously or subconsciously engaging in anti-Semitism. Netflix don't even. Okay, we'll pause there. Uh, now, I think if, if anything deserves criticism in this drama that is unfolding and uh, the backlash and the controversy surrounding this show. It is probably the last part of what uh, Brett Gelman said there, that if you uh, are not in support of Israel, that you are either consciously or subconsciously a, an anti-Semite. That is an astounding, an astounding statement to uh, be making, especially given that there are many Israelis who uh, do not personally identify as, as Zionist and have plenty of qualms with the Israeli government. Are they also anti-Semitic? And this is where, you know, things get a little tricky. Again, I'm not calling for a boycott or for anything to be done on behalf of the season five of Stranger Things. Uh, who knows who that's going to affect or, you know, just how much of an impact that is going to have. These two individuals are going to continue to have their beliefs for a, a long time to come. They are, they're both Jewish and, you know, odds are you are probably going to support Zionism uh, to, to some extent. But the implication that you are somehow anti-Semitic because you may not support what's happening right now actually blows my mind a little bit. And we've heard very similar statements made uh, by the likes of Nikki Haley and others on the internet. And of course, I have to levy my, my criticism towards that. Just because you're criticizing the actions of a government does not mean that you hate Jewish people or that you are an anti-Semite. Just in the very same way that if you have criticism towards, you know, uh, the way that Gaza is run or, you know, the West Bank or Hamas, it doesn't make you a xenophobe. You know, so we got to call these things out, I think, and add clarity to the situation, especially if so many on the Internet are giving their two cents on this. Now, speaking of two cents, let's get into a few of the responses here uh, from the pro-Palestinian camp. One person says he's not sorry. He's not supporting Palestine now. He's just panicking because people are rightfully calling him for him to get fired from Stranger Things. I just want to take this opportunity to say F Noah Schnapp and F Stranger Things. Here's a response on TikTok. Let's watch. 
So Noah Schnapp came on TikTok last night and made a video where he said that everything he's been saying has been misconstrued. And he's like, people's interpretation of what I believe is so wrong and so far from what I truly believe. I believe that everybody should have peace. And then you go in the comments and look at all the bitches with white women as their PFPs. And I'm not just talking about women that has themselves. I'm talking about the women that has Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande. And they're commenting stuff like... We here for you, Noah. That was really brave of you, Noah. We understand and we forgive you. How many times do we have to go through this? This is A, not your apology, and B, the apology is insincere. And in his apology, he's like, I've had conversations with my P friends and my I friends, and I've talked about this all day and night with, you know, my people. And if you look at his TikTok, not a damn video about either side. Like literally, since October 7th, after his little Zionism is sexy little charade, he hasn't spoken about either side. And it's so funny because A, this man is not even involved in politics. B, this man does not care, he has money. And C, you guys are falling for it again. Not every white boy needs to be worshipped, okay? Some white boys are just bad, and that's okay. He made a wrong move by jumping on a bandwagon of a trend that he thought was going to get him a lot of people, a lot of clout, a lot of following, right? And it did. It got him a lot of publicity until that publicity went really, really, really south. And now this little stunt is affecting his career negatively because most likely what happened is that the producers of Stranger Things were like, hey, go in there and wrap things up. Go in there and wrap things up, but we cannot avidly say that we don't support I because I is paying our bills. That man literally just wants you to forget what he did so you could go and watch Stranger Things season 5 and give him more money. And I'm not surprised because the same women that are on there like, oh Noah, we forgive you. Y'all never stood on business and y'all are never on the right side of history. So Noah Schnapp came on. <laughs> okay, so you get the general gist there. A bunch of people are coming after this kid and saying, you know, you are just doing this because Netflix told you to, which may or may not be true. I don't know. I do believe production of Stranger Things season five does start soon. So maybe it is interesting timing to finally have a response when you have been receiving controversy for uh, a few months now and uh, people have been coming after you but I guess we'll we will see Stranger Things season 5 is going to come out nonetheless and it's not going to be without the character that is Will Byers the very character that started the show in season 1 with his disappearance slash abduction so he's going to be present uh, it seems as though Brett Galman is going to be present and the people who are going to boycott this show are going to boycott this show. Now, the boycotters seem to be pretty confident that they are going to cut the viewership of the show by at least 50% and give a huge hit to Netflix, to their revenue, and to the overall just enjoyment of the show. But the only thing we can do is wait and see. You all know that they've been boycotting Starbucks, and that seems to be uh, seems to have given quite a hit to the business. But nothing that has made them change uh, their rhetoric in any way, shape, or form. And I guess they're going to try to do the same to Netflix and Stranger Things. So here we are, and I think Noah Schnapp is going to be trending for the next couple of days. So <laughs> I don't know how he's going to be dealing with that or handling it. He's turned off the comments on the social media post of his original response and I, I think we can all guess why now with that taylor's here <laughs> oh hey yeah, yeah sorry i'm a little late today guys uh the big mystery is i went to go pick up my wife from the airport and her plane ended up being late uh we have a bunch of snow here in nashville 
And she was worried about being able to get an Uber driver. We were worried about that. And she didn't really trust an Uber driver to take her home from the airport in the snowy roads. So I went and, of course, her flight got delayed and I was circling the airplane loop over and over again. But eventually we got her and made it back. So I apologize for being late. But uh, here we are. <laughs> no worries. We just had one technical difficulty where I went live with the wrong title. But we're okay. Oh, don't worry. I saw that on my phone while I was circling the airport. So... Uh, but you know what? It's fine. I saw you also saw you fix it right away. So well done. Dude, I was so confident. I was like, oh, Taylor's not going to be here. I got this. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> and then I went live and it was the wrong title. And only some of you caught it. So whew, it's going to be OK. Speaking of picking your wife up at the airport, Taylor, did you do so in a Tesla? Uh, actually, yes, I did. Uh, yeah, we spoke the other day, I think, about my uh, 2007 Toyota Prius with 250,000 miles on it, but the tires, I don't trust that one quite as much. So we took the Tesla out today, despite some of the things that have been going around online. I thought it was worth the risk. Yes. And we're going to get into that news right and now. Here's a video of what's happening, I believe, in Chicago here with Teslas that are sitting at their superchargers. They are all abandoned, meaning people have come to charge their Teslas at the superchargers. And because of the freezing cold, the superchargers are not working that great. And the batteries are fluctuating in and out of, you know, working properly and losing power. So a lot of people's Teslas are not working. Chicago has seen a major hit with these uh these electric vehicles not necessarily running in the way that they should be. The New York Times made uh, an entire piece about how the colder that it gets outside, the shorter range these batteries have. So I think this is one of those problems with uh, EVs that we're going to hopefully work our way through, right? Considering that there is there are politicians and, you know, that are calling for and legislation that's being drawn up calling for that uh, we have uh, nothing but EVs by like 2030 or 2050 and that we get rid of all of these uh, gas powered cars. But if you're living in an area that's being hit by a cool, cool winter, uh, it may not be ready. Teslas might not be ready to endure the cold. Yeah, it strikes me as this like uh, technology versus Mother Nature, this epic battle and Mother Nature just reasserting herself a little bit and being like, you guys think you're so clever with all these vehicles, but uh, here we go. And you get a blast of a polar vortex and all of a sudden people are unable to use their vehicles. Now, I think I don't know what temperature uh, it is that you're no longer able to charge or operate your vehicle. I do know like your battery life goes way down when it's in colder temperatures, especially below freezing. Um, we got down to zero here last night in Nashville area. Uh, and that was pretty bad, but, um, luckily my car's in the garage. So I was still working today, knock on wood. Um, and we made it back uh, from the airport, but yeah, that clip though, looks like something out of uh, a zombie movie. It looks very like apocalyptic. <laughs> you just see these cars and all of their former glory and, uh, uh, you know, people flexing with their cool EVs and then everything's frosted over and they're abandoned and it looks like an island legend or something. There's also the element of that movie. You just watched the Julie Roberts one that, that was on Netflix. What's it called? Yeah. Leave the world behind. Leave the world behind. Yeah. Where they like took over the, the cars yes. uh, remotely and were like crashing them and stuff. And it's like, that's, that's plausible, right? And cars are closer to computers now than, than just the good old gasoline powered vehicles that uh, we've grown up with. And it, this instance makes me think a little 
like I maybe want to go find a truck from the 1990s that right. runs on diesel or something and just, you know, use that as my old reliable and then fill that with a bunch of survival supplies. Yeah. It's like, what do you need? You're, I guess at the very least, you need some sort of like hybrid if you're going to deal with stuff like this and deal with cold winters like this, because apparently the, the freezing temperatures are draining the batteries and shortening the range uh, which you can drive. I got to tell you what, I'd be pissed if I was driving my Tesla out in the snow and I got stuck and had what are you going to do? You have to walk back. There's nothing you can do. You got to get out of your car and you got to walk back. There's no charger nearby. You're, you don't have the, the charger that you have installed in your home. There's nothing to do but get out of the car in the freezing cold and walk back to wherever it is that you came from. Uh, <laughs> devastating, actually. We're just, we got our cushy lifestyles. We take so much for granted. I had a little scare the other day too, because, um, you know, it's getting colder and I went to go, uh, just wash my hands after throwing some salt on my driveway and, uh, my pipes were frozen. Like they didn't, no water came out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I had been using it that morning. And, you know, there's the classic advice when it gets to be below freezing, you're supposed to like leave it on a trickle. I hadn't done that. Because I, I had been using the water and thought everything was okay. I used it that morning, but all of a sudden it wasn't working. And then I had to like call my brother, who uh, is the master of all these things, and he gave me some tips. I started running around opening all the faucets. I put a space heater by my pipes uh, in the garage, and uh, I got I was able to fix that. But we just take for granted that water just works. And uh, if you're not prepared, if you don't really know physics and know how things work and take the proper precautions or whatever, like you can get screwed. So we take our cushy lives for granted with our electric cars and our hot water at any time of day and everything, mm -hmm. but uh, it can be taken like that. And that's a scary thought. It's very like a, uh, makes you feel vulnerable and, and it's it's a humbling experience yeah you gotta wise up you gotta start learning how to fend for yourself and solve problems man because uh the evs are not saving you right now and of course i imagine this is just going to be something that they troubleshoot and over time this will become less and less of a problem one would hope but it's very reminiscent of the texas freeze that happened what was that a year or two ago where mm -hmm. you know electricity and all this stuff had gone out and it was you know largely because they had been focusing on alternative forms of energy and the wind turbines were frozen and all this different stuff. So, uh, you know, these are, I think, changes that we're going to undergo and troubleshoot and hopefully uh, we get better at handling stuff like this. But, you know, but <laughs> sometimes the tried and true is tried and true for a reason. <laughs> hey, once Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum put us in their little block cities in the Saudi Arabian desert there where we own nothing and all our needs are met and they'll take care of all these things for us, we just won't have to worry about it, right? And that's yeah. that's what we're going for. Who wants to have to fend for themselves and worry about all this freedom and the hazard that comes with that? Let's just trust uh, Big Daddy government and the one world government to uh, take care of us and put us in our little pods and give us our bug sandwich and then we can all be happy and taken care of, right? Not the bugs sandwich. I don't want the bug sandwich. <laughs> Even bugs die in winter. Okay, guys? So <laughs> uh, they'll have that to deal with, too, once the time, uh, time befalls us. Now, for our, I think, last story of the day, uh, I think many of you, if you are at all invested in politics, which we don't typically get into this show, uh, we're watching what has happened or followed what happened at the Iowa caucus, uh, where the Republican candidates went head-to-head -head and Trump came in at 50 50%, which is just astounding. Uh, you know, the Republican Party wants a, a Donald Trump comeback, and that was made 
definitely evident. Ron DeSantis comes in number two with uh, 21 percentage points, which means, you know, Trump is ahead of him by 30 percentage points. That's insane. A huge slap on the bum for, <laughs> for Ron Thomas DeSantis from the Trump campaign. Nikki Haley comes in at third and then Vivek Ramaswamy at fourth, with which I believe he got seven or eight percentage points, which yeah. is actually pretty surprising given that he was coming in at like zero for, for quite some time. And he sort of drummed up some public interest uh, with his smooth talking and how he can navigate all these different questions and coming after wokeness and after the FBI. But after the Iowa caucus, he decided to drop out of the running uh, to be the Republican candidate for president. And he endorsed Donald Trump. Now, the reason we're talking about this, uh, because I wouldn't normally, is because in the wake of the Iowa caucus results being uh, revealed, Rachel Maddow decided to hop on uh, live TV and say this. Let's watch the clip. I'm sorry, I just have to do a little bit of business just for a second. Um, at this point in the evening, the projected winner of the Iowa caucuses um, has just started giving his victory speech. Uh, we will keep an eye on that as it happens. Uh, we will let you know if there's any news made in that speech, if there's anything noteworthy, something substantive and important. Um, the reason I'm saying this is, of course, there is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. It is not out of spite. It is not a decision that we relish. It is a decision that we regularly revisit. Um, and honestly, earnestly, it is not an easy decision. But mm. there is a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. Mm. That is a fundamental truth mm. of our business and who we are. And so his remarks tonight will not air here live. We will monitor them um, and let you know about any news that he makes. Stephanie interrupt. I was just saying, I believe... Guys, is that absolutely nuts to you? Because that is absolutely nuts to me. Uh, if you understand how important the Iowa caucus is for kind of determining who are going to be the leading candidates going forward and who is probably going to re represent whatever party uh, is present in the you know presidential election that is to come, it is of the utmost important uh, of importance that you allow the candidate who wins to be able to speak, let you know what his plans are, let you know what his platform is. And the fact that a news organization like MSNBC, which is mainstream, aka legacy at this point, but is meant to be the arbiter of this information, is meant to let you view it and interpret it, whilst also, yes, fact-checking in, in their own way after he says what he says. The fact that they told you that they don't feel like you should be trusted with listening to his speech should be astounding to everyone. It is insane to me to watch a news organization that is meant to be reputable act in this way, respond in this way, and essentially tell the American people that we don't trust you with uh, the ability to listen to information, make your own decisions, make your own judgments. We must make that for you. We are now a total filter for the information that comes from somebody who is more than likely going to be the top contender when it comes to the Republican Party in the presidential election. Insanity. Insanity. Yeah. 
And it's it's one thing to have slanted coverage. Uh, people are generally aware, okay, you're going to get a more right-leaning bent if you watch Fox News. You're going to get a more left-leaning bent if you watch MSNBC. But it's another thing entirely to say, like, we are actively choosing not to broadcast our uh, a candidate that we do not prefer. Mm-hmm. And we are wearing that as a badge of honor. That makes us more virtuous it, you're you're saying that what's supposed to be the quiet part out loud you know it used to be like oh yeah we're fair and balanced everyone was trying to give the illusion of objectivity which is really what your job is in journalism is to arm people with facts uh, about the realities that are going on and then let them make up their minds uh but instead they're not only providing a slanted view, but telling you, hey, we are specifically going to censor this candidate uh, that we don't like. And that's a good thing because we don't like to platform things that we know to be lies. And this is very rich coming from the very journalist, Rachel Meadow, who during COVID is infamously the person who said that if you get the the jab, then the virus stops with you. It stops with every vaccinated person. And that turned out to be an utter falsehood. So it's really rich to hear her talking about not platforming lies when she is absolutely guilty of that in the past. So she should probably walk off that set if that's the case, because uh, this is just an utter uh, utter abandonment of her responsibility as a journalism. And it's just complete and total hypocrisy. Yeah. And that's how you know, like they're not true journalists. They don't have journalistic integrity whatsoever. You're just getting Rachel Maddow's opinion. And I've been like, I've seen Rachel Maddow on the news for a very, very long time since I was a kid, essentially, I've been watching Rachel Maddow over my mother's shoulder and stuff like that. And she is just so, so very biased in the fact that she packages that news by saying, we mean this earnestly. You know, it brings us no happiness to have to do this, but we are actively going to censor the speech of a candidate that 50% of the population, it seems, wants to hear from. And we're not going to allow that to happen. And how does this play out, right? Okay, let's say, uh, for the sake of our argument here, Donald Trump becomes the next president of the United States of America. Are you not going to platform the man that the American people have chosen to lead them? Is that just something that you're not going to do? You're going to censor him at every turn? Or is it that you're going to do all it is that you have, you know, like within your control to stop him from being elected in the first place. It seems to be the latter of the two. Who knows what's going to happen uh, when he is elected, whether or not they will platform him. I would imagine they would be forced to to some extent, given that that would be such biased reporting and such like a, a blatant misuse of the power that you have as a journalistic out- outlet that it could not be ignored So just crazy to see that on such an important day when it comes to your uh, elections, who's going to be leading the country and whether or not you like Donald Trump, you dislike Donald Trump, you're Republican or Democrat, you should be able to watch what he says and listen to his remarks and the fact that they don't trust you with that and that they need to be the ones to filter out the, the little pieces of information they give you blows my mind, guys. Yeah, we're just stuck in this cycle. I mean, stuff like this is why people don't trust the media. And then it is also why people feel like they need to turn to someone like a Donald Trump to uh, give the finger to the media establishment. And on and on mm. we go. These We're just stuck in this cycle that keeps uh, keeps feeding each other. But the great irony in all this is that uh, Rachel Maddow and her ilk are thinking that 
oh, we don't want to give Trump free uh free platform. We don't want to espouse his views on our channel, but by censoring him, they're just ginning up more outrage and support. So it's kind of like either way, whether you platform him, he's going to, his ideas are going to be out there through your channel. If you censor him, then you're just going to uh, motivate and galvanize more of his support on him. And I've noticed this with Donald Trump in the last, uh, well, since he came on the stage, really, is that he's if he, he he's always in a win-win situation. Like if you attack him, he wins. If you censor him, uh, he wins. If you support him, he wins. Like he's always, it reminds me of Emperor Palpatine in Star Wars, who's kind of like, uh, he's both the evil emperor of the bad guys and he's uh, a senator in the good guys and he's kind of controlling things behind the scenes. So like there's a war happening, but if he's behind the scenes, he's controlling both sides, so he can't lose. And I feel like Donald Trump's like the Emperor Palpatine of American politics. He just keeps finding himself in these situations where he's going to benefit uh, no matter what the people who hate him uh, choose to do. Yeah, I don't see any other world where he is not uh, the front runner for the Republican Party. To be yeah. honest, I don't see any other outcome happening here. So how MSNBC is going to be dealing with this moving forward, I don't know. Uh, given that they loved to cover him uh, during his uh, initial term as as president. And he, of course, very, very negative light. I think they're struggling to be able to do that if they're platforming his speeches alone. And that's the power that they want to be able to keep is to uh, misconstrue words, paint him in a negative light and not allow him to have the influence that he just seems to naturally have over people who get the chance to listen to him. So that's what they're trying to figure out. How do we not give them the chance in the first place to listen to him? It's going to be increasingly difficult to consider you're like a 24-hour news organization and other people are going to be covering it and other people know what's going on. And now we have independent journalism that's happening right now. We have uh, other shows that people are turning to, turning to. They're turning their backs on legacy media. And this is only going to make that issue worse for them. This is a very, very bad sign. I cannot stress that enough that a news organization does not trust you to be able to listen to a front runner candidate in a presidential election. It's not cool. <laughs> it is not cool to say the least. This is reminiscent of, of countries that have exercised a, a lot of horrible control over their citizens. Something needs to happen here. I don't know what, uh, but they need to be reprimanded for this behavior. <laughs> yeah, my big takeaway from just this whole week with uh, Trump's basically securing the nomination. I mean, he hasn't yet, but it looks like he's going to. And then the media is starting to go right back to the Trump derangement syndrome that has been part and parcel of uh, what we've seen for the last going on eight years now. Uh, I just... I'm like, okay, here we go again, like mm -hmm. buckle up. And I'm just lamenting the fact that uh, it looked like we might see a little change in the, in the landscape. Actually, it didn't never really look like that too much, maybe for a brief moment. Um, yeah. But now it really seems like, okay, we're, we're really doing this all over again. Here we go. And I'm like kind of dead inside because of that. Um, but alas, uh, we'll, we'll trudge on and at least try to be truth tellers and and call balls and strikes as it were uh as all this is going on we will indeed and with that we are going to get into today's super chats let's Okey do it dokey 
Yeah, so this will be fun because I was not here for the first uh, several of these, so I won't know necessarily a lot about what's going on. <laughs> okay. But uh, Hannah Smolensky is our first one. Smolensky. She says, this show always gives me faith in humanity. Love you guys. Oh. P.S. I hope this super chat helps expose me to any fellow Amala fans who know me in real life so I can talk about episodes with someone <laughs> besides my cat and husband. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Hannah, thank you so much for your support. And yeah, if, if any of you know Hannah, hit her up. <laughs> it's That's nice funny. to be able to have conversations with people about these things, isn't it? <laughs> it's like you you can't post that. You can't share something on social media or like mention it to friends. You got to like put it on the show <laughs> to see if anyone else right. happens to be watching. <sighs> love that. Well, love that for you. I lo love that for you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Akash Agarwal, Agarwal says, uh, as an Indian, I just want to say the blonde lady from your short was supposed to haggle. The sign doesn't mean anything and haggling is part of their business. Also, I'm in love with you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> was not expecting the plot twist at the end there. Yeah, no, I when I saw that, I'm like, that makes total sense. I've seen so many videos of different people like going back and forth and haggling over the price or whatever. And uh, sometimes you have to do it a few times and the person will say, yeah, no, this is the final price. It's the final price. It's the final price. But by like the fifth time you tell them, I'm going to give you this. They're like, ah, OK, <laughs> so. It's not at all wrong for her to be doing that. And if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, it's the short posted before this live stream. You can check it out. A girl is getting torn up on the Internet for haggling somebody over the, a price in India for a garment. Uh, and it's just ridiculous. And then it's just because she's white. It's really all it is. Uh, the Taylor Fan Club says, fun fact, my roommate in college was first cousins with Caleb from Stranger Things. He was really hey. polite and kind. Also, that skit about college kids supporting Hamas is unfortunately kind of accurate. Yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, I do like to draw the distinction between like those who might be supporting Hamas, which I think is just crazy, uh, and those who are just trying to give voice to the innocent lives that are being uh, lost in, in Gaza. So I, I like to do, I do like to draw that distinction on the show and make that clear, because I do think there is a lot of people, probably in both camps, but I would hope more so in the camp of just wanting to elevate the voices of, you know, innocent Palestinians. But yeah, based on Hamas's charter and uh, their directives, not smart to be supporting uh, that organization in the slightest, in the slightest. Uh, RP Awareness here says, hey there, A and Tay, I missed you guys talking about that 304 Fannie Willis on Monday, paying her lover to take Willis. Trump's case so she can pay him with tax money. Banish that 304 back to the streets, <laughs> Amala. Oh hearing, uh, <laughs> hearing a DA referred to as 304 is actually, <laughs> uh, is actually hilarious. Uh, but yeah, no, we're, we're not fans of, of Miss Willis on this show after what's happened, but like she said, she's flawed and imperfect, right, guys? So just look the other way. He just like red pillified that story. It's hey. kind of funny. <laughs> uh, Olivia says, it's my birthday today. And Amala, I know you're quite the singer and would love it if you can sing. Happy birthday for me. Love the show. What's the wow. name? Uh, Olivia. Happy birthday to you. Happy Stop birthday talking. to you. Happy birthday, dear Olivia. Happy birthday to you. Boom. I wow. didn't give that my, my best vocals. I apologize, Olivia, but happy birthday. 
But you just set a precedent now that you're going to have to be singing a lot of people happy okay. birthday. Olivia is the cutoff for that. <laughs> Uh, Diva Dawn says, we have snow down here in Lawrenceburg, too. Uh, it was negative seven when I woke up. Oh, wow. That's another city in Tennessee, Negative seven is nuts. Wow. Yeah. I've never been in a place as cold as that hmm. in my life. I have been in, like, 20, 20s below in Minnesota. And one time I went out to start my car before school to warm it up and mm -hmm. my, it just went and like nothing happened. It was like literally too cold to start my car. Frozen, uh, just like wow. the Teslas. Yeah. And that was not a Tesla. It's a 1997 Chevy Cavalier. There you go. Uh, RP awareness year again says, all I know is that Noah Schnapp and Brett, the Russian guy had better be in season five because I love that show <laughs> almost as much as them Asian girls love the show. He said, boycott who? Boycott what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know there's a lot. A lot of people are still going to watch the, the show. I'm, I am curious to like uh, all these boycotts that happen all the time, whether it's like Bud Light or Starbucks or Stranger Things. I am always curious to see how they play out and how effective they actually are and how many people get behind them. So I will be keeping an eye out. I don't know that Netflix really publishes their numbers and how it like affects their shows and stuff for the most part. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens with Stranger Things. Yeah, can you think of anything that you haven't watched because of your personal disagreement with the politics or stances of actors in the mm, show or movie? Stuff that I haven't watched. Well, yeah, like I wouldn't watch like Woman King or something like that. Yeah, 100%. But that's more about the messaging of the movie. I mean, like, okay, maybe it's a good movie, but there's an actor yeah. in it whose politics that you disagree with. Does that make you reticent to watch it? Uh, not, not that I can, I can't think of an example of something like that. It would have to be bad. I mean, there, there, yeah. I can certainly think of moments where I would do that, uh, where I would just think to myself, I do not want to like line the pockets of this person in any way, shape or form. Therefore, I'm not going to, you know, listen to this. Sometimes it's over small things. Sometimes it's over uh, bigger things. I'm sure I could think of, of something if I racked my brain hard enough. Nothing in the recent past. Yeah, I can't think of one. I mean, my for some reason, Mark Ruffalo pops in my head. He really irks me. And I think... <laughs> Why? Uh, oh, the climate oh, change stuff? Because he's just very, like, woke and outspoken about everything. Uh -huh. um, it's been years. Uh, but I kind of got superhero fatigue before Marvel even went woke. And mm -hmm. then they went a little more woke. And I just never was... It's like, you're not going to get me back now. Uh, but yeah. I think he was also a part of maybe why I was, like, not as into... To watching uh, the Marvel right. stuff. Some of but. you guys are giving your examples. You guys said The Flash. That makes sense with uh, Ezra Miller uh, not wanting oh, yeah. to support that. Amber Heard with Aquaman was an example. Let's see. You boycotted Ubisoft for their politics. Somebody said, oh, yeah, Woman King. Snow White for Rachel Zegler. So there's some here. Ariana Grande. Yeah. I mean, I think I, for the most part, if it's like, I think this will be a good movie and there won't be woke messaging in it, but, an, but an actor happens to be woke in it. Like, I don't really care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But maybe I, I'm trying to think of someone like, I don't know. It's an interesting question. Though. An That's interesting effectively question. what we're talking about with uh, yeah. Stranger Things boycott. Yeah. Um, okay. Kaylin Gardner says, uh, it got to 68 below here in Montana this weekend. If we had to go all EV, everyone will go back to riding horses. Yeah. Can a horse <laughs> run in 68 degree weather, negative weather? I don't think so. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe that they can. Wild. They took the, you know, uh, Washington. 
you know, yeah. George Washington, he was riding horses in the freezing cold. Valley Forge. Valley Is Forge. That what you're yes. I was like, oh, the name was escaping me for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, but I know a lot I of those so. horses, a lot of them horses didn't make it. So I don't know how cold it actually was in Valley Forge. Let us know down below. Any historians know how cold it actually was in Valley Forge? I'd be impressed if any of you actually know that. Uh, Taylor Fan Club says being black is so difficult in this country because of people like this TikToker. How am I supposed to live a life free of prejudice of race when race is injected into everything? Yeah, I'm like, it's not necessarily. It's interesting to watch people turn the Noah Schnapp thing into like a, a race thing. I guess it, it could be interpreted in that way, but that's not what sits at the forefront of, of my brain when I'm thinking about stuff like that. You know, like religion circulates, land conflicts circulate, stuff like that. The idea of like birthright and stuff. These are all things that I think about, but I'm never like, oh, he's a white boy. And, and that's the problem here, which is it's everything these days, which is why like in, in a lot of ways, there are a lot of ways that I can agree with people who are um, – I don't want to say like, I guess pro-Palestinian is what you call them. And there's a lot of ways that I can uh, agree with that camp. And there's a lot of like points they make where I'm like, yeah, you know, I stand by that. That that makes sense. But then it's like the injection of a ton of like leftism and like uh, race stuff. And, and then I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you lost me. On, you lost me on that part. So then uh, it's just all over the place, which is why these conversations require nuance. It's just a difficult thing to inject nuance into when there's like a thousand different perspectives on the matter that you have to give voice to and you make sure you say the right thing without leaving out anything important and you know it's, it's tough right and I, I liken it to you, know, you can analyze a situation through the lens of like classical liberal principles or you know first principles of things like you know equality and non-aggression or whatever and land on a certain side and that certain side can also in this case seems to uh can land you on the same side as people who are analyzing it through the lens of marxist power dynamics and oppressor oppressed and right right so you find yourself like on the same side of an issue in certain ways with someone but the way that they're arriving there is completely perhaps uh different yeah so. like you'll hear people be like you know we need to talk about the innocent lives being lost in palestine I'm like okay yeah let's talk about that let's have a conversation about that it's just like how black people are treated in america whoa <laughs> like how did you how did you arrive to that conclusion and it is that like marxist way of thinking of like separating people into oppressor and oppressed categories and then just putting like a false equivalence onto every single uh oppressor oppressed narrative that you've identified deeply concerning, deeply concerning. they might identify as non-binary but their thinking is very binary yeah. because it's always oppressor oppressed. it's true it is very true uh, let's see uh, rex reginald says israel wants to send displaced palestinians to egypt u.s etc why not take these people displaced by war into israel like jews after world war ii provide citizenship and voting rights arrest hamas yeah i think uh, there's a conversation to be had around like what coexistence looks like mind you this is an ongoing uh thing for what 75 years now coming on 76 so it's gonna be tough i don't know that it's as simple as as that um i guess if i was gonna give voice to what israel might be worried about they'd be worried about terrorist attacks on their land now like as i said before at the beginning of the show i'd 
I'd much rather see like special operation be carried out in, in this case than what is happening right now. And with all the innocent lives being lost, I don't like to see it. Um, am I hopeful that there's going to be a peaceful coexistence that occurs after this? I don't know. Do you? Can you imagine the amount of uh, hatred, resentment that is now like boiling on both sides of this with everything that's happening right now. I don't know that 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 dies down. I don't know that that ceases, especially with, you know, the back and forth over what happened on October 7th. People referring to this as a genocide. Do you think people are going to coexist uh, when the characterization is genocide? Probably not. Probably not. Um, and I mean, there's something to be said about that, not uh, to empathize with Hamas, but like if you are somebody who's lost your family in this, be it Israeli or Palestinian, what are you looking at after this in your relationship with the other side? It's probably not going to be good. Yeah, and we talk about the sort of intractable polarization between the American left and right and the Trump and the media and this mm -hmm. vicious cycle that we're caught in. But when people are actually losing their lives that and their neighbors and yeah. um, things like that on both sides, like how do you just reconcile or move on from that or, or be reasonable? Now, I, I do think that uh, if there is hope for a way forward, it lies in being rational and, you know, using negotiation and speech and uh, mm -hmm. talking it out and coming to a, you know, uh, negotiated some sort of settlement. But do I have hope or do I think it's realistic that that's going to happen? I not necessarily at this point. It, you don't, you can't see yeah. it. And that's, that's very sad because the implication of that is that we're going to continue to have armed conflict and uh, this continued polarization there. And mm -hmm. uh, it's just, it's a sad reality of the situation. Yep. Um, on that encouraging note, <laughs> Hitlin44 says an even bigger problem with the EVs is, in fact, that they are going towards 100% lithium batteries, which are flammable in the presence of water. Uh, there have been multiple fires from EVs having condensation in the engine. Yeah, you know, I'll be the first to admit, I don't know much about batteries, but I know that the uh, the EV batteries have their little quirks, and clearly we're, we're seeing that right now. So they're highly flammable and they freeze. So <laughs> we got uh, two different things going on there. Again, this is like we're at the beginning of something that is going to continue to progress and change and move forward. And I think a lot of the issues that we're seeing now uh, as you know, we innovate, which is what humans do. They'll hopefully be worked through and we'll we'll see the other side of whatever this looks like. It's just a start. Uh, yeah. David Don says MSNBC also said that Trump issued a death threat when Biden said uh, when he said Biden could burn in hell. Nothing they say is legit. <laughs> My gosh. I don't remember that. I one. don't remember him saying that either. Oh, the state wild. of our politics is just I'm so over it, guys. I'm so over it. Like, I can't watch debates. I can't watch these candidates speak. I It's just devastating to see the state of American politics. And it's going to continue to be like this uh, because we're like, we're there's a sickness. There's a sickness right now, and our politics is a reflection of our sickness internally as a country. And until that is dealt with and healed, you're just going to see it in our, our politicians. The fact that a politician would even say to another, uh, burn in hell, or that we would get anything that's coming out of the left side on this. Biden talking about how, like, the biggest threat is the MAGA Republicans and that, you know, demonizing the other side and stuff like that. 
Not good. Not good. Well, more on MSNBC from Pitland 44. I find mm-hmm. it rich that MSNBC has the gall to say that anyone else has a problem with the truth. Yeah, right. <laughs> with, the, with the sort of stuff that they they say live on air and, and Rachel Maddow specifically, as you know, Taylor gave a, a very important example. The, the fact that they still think that they're at all concerned with truth is shocking, but not shocking in the slightest, right. actually. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Wrong word. Uh, Olivia says, off topic, but thoughts on Saltburn. I loved it, but there is a lot of mixed opinions. Also, have yeah. you seen that one Jacob Elordi edit on the clock app? I have not seen the Jacob Elordi edit that everybody is talking about, but apparently this is an edit that uh, is circulating everybody except everywhere because everybody's obsessed with Jacob Elordi right now. I don't share that same uh, obsession, so maybe that's why my For You page is not given me that uh, that famous edit. My thoughts on Saltburn. I feel like I talk about this movie a lot on this channel, or I have since I watched it. Uh, I thought it was a good movie. Uh, well-written, interesting plots. Um, the scenes were a little <laughs> interesting, but if you've, if you've watched, you know, like rated R movies, uh, it's shocking to some extent, but kind of like not really all that much. I thought uh, Barry Keoghan, put on a a fantastic performance. The woman who played Venetia put on a fantastic performance. Uh, Same thing for Rosamund Pike and the guy who played Mr. Cat. And I thought it was a good film. I've watched it a few times. Uh, Yeah, those are my thoughts. Mm. Um, Monty Jose says, I have nothing constructive to add. Just want to support you guys. Keep killing it. Thank you. That's so very nice. We will. Now we're going (laughs) to kill it even harder. (laughs) Even harder. It's going to be so dead. Uh, RP Awareness again says, I hope that either Trump or DeSantis wins, but if Trump does win and he starts deporting all the normal Latinas, then I'm switching to Democrat ASAP. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I will say I don't think Ron DeSantis has a chance in the world uh, at doing anything here unless there is some sort of actual conviction of Donald Trump where they they take him down for something. I don't think DeSantis is going to make make it at all at all quite frankly Tragicistan. i mean haley's the one projected to win new hampshire and so some people are like she can make a late surge it's it's i hope not i hope she doesn't have any sort of surge ever in her (laughs) political career and that she sees herself out of american politics uh that's how i feel about nikki haley but we just got a $50 super chat from Uber Newbie. Uber uh, Newbie. Skip into the front of the line here. It says, I notice if I try to search on Google for info about MSNBC censoring Trump, I get mostly unrelated positive results from MSNBC. If I search on any other search engine, I could actually find unbiased results. Yeah, I mean, there's probably a lot of things at play there. Uh, it's probably what Google wants you to see, and they're probably paying, you know, for SEO and all that and making sure that uh, the search engine results that you get, paint them in a positive light. It is amazing when you look into it, just how much bias and often unrecognized bias is present in the different search engines that we use. There is a documentary about it called The Creepy Line, and specifically in reference to Google and the amount of bias that they're able to communicate to you without you even being able to detect it. And if you want to know more about that, I I, uh, recommend that you guys watch that documentary. Uh, Celtic 
Blacksmith says, I have nothing to contribute. Just here to say my fan club can kick Taylor's fan club's ass. Cool emoji. I made them armor and weapons in parentheses. That was <laughs> hey, quick. My, my fan club needs a, needs a blacksmith. That's not fair. <laughs> For real. Any blacksmiths this, in the chat? <laughs> yeah. Are there any doctors on this plane? Are there any blacksmiths? <laughs> any gunsmiths? <laughs> escalate he's quick moving he got his i thought he got his fan club like two days ago they already have armor (laughs) all right he's power tripping already yeah my goodness on his own supply goes to your head you guys um speaking of taylor fan club says uh don't worry hannah i'm working on a group chat for playstation users who watch the show i keep procrastinating though so it won't be up anytime soon oh that's nice (laughs) that's super cool and of course you guys always have discord you guys can go on there and talk to one another on there yeah. Uh, Luis says, as much as I dread it, I do hope he becomes president again. So he'll finally be ineligible to ever be president again. The man is a buffoon. <laughs> That's so funny because Taylor and I were talking about that. Like, it, uh, whatever is happening right now with like his popularity mixed with the derangement syndrome that people have towards him, it just needs to run its course. And it can't run its course until he's gone through the election process and he's either come out as the winner or the loser. I think that is most definitely what needs to happen. I think that is the natural progression of things. Uh, and we are sitting in the middle of that right now. And we're probably going to spend the next four years uh, in the middle of that. And then after that, that's two terms, baby. And uh, we can move on to other things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I lament that that has to happen, but it does seem like that's where we are. I was hoping that the better angels of our nature might, you know, let reason prevail and let yep. us uh, kind of move on from this uh, thing that we've been doing for eight years. But yeah. I guess we got to give four more. But I'm like, I only have so much of my life. Like, you know, how much, what percent of your life is 12 years? And that's just I don't want to be caught in this back and forth all yeah. that time. I'm ready for a new era. But alas, here we go. Buckle up, I guess. We're going to be here or for Or just it. hang out with us because I'm not going to be watching all this stuff. Yeah, I no, mean, we we'll, we'll see it here and there, but I can't Unless do it, it becomes anymore, overwhelming, God, then we'll have no other choice. That's the thing. Like yeah, the news well, sure during will. his first term was so overwhelmed with talking about him that like you couldn't get anything else. There was no other stories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Boz says, join the stream late. Just curious if you've seen the Christians versus former Christians debate on Middle Ground. I have seen that. And you guys are going to watch that uh, with us sometime soon, probably while I am in Sydney, Australia. 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 Yeah. Yep. Yes, we will be reacting to that. Be soon. It's a long episode. It's a long episode. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, you guys are going to be able to see that. Uh, Diva Dawn says, I moved south for better weather, not negative seven. Oh, well, yeah. I, I didn't even realize that it really snowed in Nashville until Taylor was like, Hey, it's snowing here. I didn't know that was a real, <laughs> real deal, Holyfield thing. Yeah, I think Nashville gets like one or two snows a year, um, but go much further south, and it's really rare. Um, RP Awareness says, lol, negative seven is nothing. Uh, we've been enduring negative 25 for the last two weeks here in Minnesota. It was so cold that I couldn't see my Asian date because my car wouldn't start. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, the Asians and the 304s. But, oh, wow, that is very, very cold. Yeah, maybe you just stay inside for that one. Sounds dangerous on the roads. Guys, don't do it. Uh, 
Nell says, my ex's brother is a vet and he told me that most animals have same-sex relationships. Is this true? I don't know if it's most animals. I do know there are animals that do engage in uh, same-sex, I don't know if we can call them relationships or whatever, <laughs> intercourse is what, uh, there are some animals that do that. I don't know them off the top of my head, but it's definitely a thing out in nature. Yeah, so. There's gay penguins on Parks and Rec, so that's a thing. There you go. Gay penguins. And most animals, probably most species is the better term. Like it happens in most, or I don't know if even most species, but some species. Yeah. I don't know. Most animals that would be not following uh, natural selection. Yeah, most animals would be <laughs> interesting. If that was that would be concerning a little bit. <laughs> uh, chicken pork adobo says, TBF, the uh, outside politics in real life. The Flash is a pretty good movie story-wise, and it tops other MCU movies. Meet and greet when you go to Australia. I don't know, guys. Maybe. I'm going to be so busy running around doing things. I'll be hanging out with my man's family and seeing his grandparents and going around to all these different places. So I don't know about that. As I said, I, if I was going to do me great, we would need security, guys. Security. security. And since y'all ain't got any guns to protect her with in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Then I'd no rather go. get shot than knifed, I think. so. <laughs> get it over with. <laughs> you know. I'd yeah, rather be shot than knifed. Kugabora Outback knives. Yeah. Oh people gosh. ready to protect you with those. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm stereotyping. You're going to cancel me. But it's kind of true, isn't it? Stereotypes exist for a reason. Mm -hmm. By the way, we didn't get to it, but I put it on the dock. But that Vivek joke of Babylon B. Oh, yeah. Is that offensive? I didn't think anything of it. Okay, so after Vivek dropped out of the presidential race uh, due to the results in the Iowa caucus, uh, Babylon B posted this joke saying, Trump promises Vivek an administration position running the White House 7-Eleven uh, with this edited picture of Vivek. Obviously a joke based on a stereotype, uh, and stereotypes exist for a reason. Now, the comments were all like, this is too much, this is too sensitive, you shouldn't go here, like, I normally love Babylon B, but this is cringe, or this is racist. Like, guys, chill out. If you can't make jokes about that, ugh. And the amount of other jokes that, like, conservatives defend on the internet, but you can't defend a 7-Eleven joke about Vivek Ramaswamy, and then he even responded and was like, guys, chill, this is funny. I'm, I'm okay. I'll live to see another day. Which, good on him. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I thought it was really funny, but the... Uh... I was surprised to see a lot of people, even on the in the conservative sphere, that were like, "This is in poor taste. It's beyond the line." It's like this is a comedic comedic outlet. Would you say that about somebody putting it in their stand up routine? Right. As long as they're dishing it out evenly, which Babylon B pretty much does. There's they, there's no evidence that they have a bias against Indians or think that right. they're you know, dumb or whatever. If anything, it's a humming, whatever. It's if almost Dave, a compliment, right? Because it's a stereotype that they're business owners, right. which is a good thing. It puts you in into the middle class and makes you rich. And Indians are among the most successful immigrants. <laughs> so it almost is, I think, like pointing love, out that, hey, y'all y'all get on the, the up and up. And I love uh, this defense uh, of yeah, a joke. <laughs> it's also true. Just be, like get over <laughs> it. It's true. If Dave Chappelle or, you know, South Park made this joke, people would not be batting an eye. Uh but people are just 100%. little sensitive sallies these days. Yeah. Come on Don't now. be snowflakes, guys. <laughs> okay. Well, 92% of you agree, according to our poll. So good yeah. to know. It's fair game. I didn't giggle <laughs> at it, but right it's fair show. game. Uh, let's see. Uh, Diva Dodds follows up and says, uh, it was a headline on my homepage. He actually said Biden can rot in hell, not burn. Um, uh, but they said it was an equivalent of a death threat. 
I mean, it's, okay, it's silly to say it's equivalent of a death threat. I would yeah. need to understand the context of what Trump said because that's almost like an idiom, like, oh, you can rot in hell if you do X, Y, Z. Like, yeah, it could have been relatively innocuous and not say. saying I literally want you to burn in hell. So I don't know. I guess yeah. it depends on the context on whether or not that crosses the line. Oh my God. Have you watched a presidential debate any time recently? It's just like they're trying, it's like watching a Comedy Central roast with bad writers. It's horrible. <laughs> Uh, they've said much worse, I think, to each other. It's just not sure. all of it's not okay. It's so annoying. Clown world. Clown world. Uh, Oaxaca says, "Hey guys, a year ago I found you. Uh, don't always agree, but you're the few that are not too crazy, far right or left. You use common sense, <laughs> a rare commodity nowadays. Thank By you. the way, I'm freezing in California at 60 degrees. Yeah, LOL. it is cold uh, here in LA in our 60s and 50s." <laughs> definitely yeah. put on a long sleeve shirt to go to the gym this morning um and yeah with my florida my florida background anything below 60 is cold so well yeah six years in la made me kind of a, a cold sissy and mm -hmm. i don't do well that that well here but my yeah. minnesota scandinavian blood hopefully will take back over soon yes yeah, so it will kick in <laughs> and i'll be able to deal with it uh hannah smolensky says thoughts on the latest ghibli film the boy and the heron my friends and i did a podcast episode on how we were disappointed in the plot i still haven't been able to see it and i'm very oh, sad wow. about that uh but I, hopefully i will be able to see it sometime within this first quarter of the year and i'll let you know my thoughts i've seen it's gotten really great reviews um some people that i follow for their their reviews of different films have said that this might be uh the best film uh that he's ever made a, a swan song of sorts but i don't even know the plot i don't know any details about the movie because i've kept away from that uh so i will let you know as soon as i do watch it though speaking of you saw that thing i sent you about how leo dicaprio showed martin scorsese studio yeah. ghibli yeah that was uh that was the films that uh leonardo dicaprio introduced to him which is awesome uh i'll give points to leo DiCaprio, even though, you know, he's got his own issues, but <laughs> I'll give him points for having good taste in uh, Hayao Miyazaki. But they came out 21 years ago, so he doesn't watch them anymore. Says Valley Forge weather was wet and 33 degrees Fahrenheit, but soldiers had a lack of weatherproof clothing as well as food okay well so it wasn't as cold as i imagined it <laughs> 33 degrees but that is cold without the proper proper garments yeah shout out to the continental army yeah, hashtag freedom <laughs> um <sighs> celtic blacksmith says anybody caught outfitting taylor's fan club will have their W-R-A-B-A and A-B-A-N-A memberships revoked. Whoa. Because I'm totally not bluffing about that authority. Whoa. That sounds serious. I don't know I what don't know those things what stand that for. Means, but that, but that I does. I don't know. Sounds like a legit threat. Sounds like they're not going to be able to forge things ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, Rex Reginald says post-slavery integration worked okay. Why do you think Israel and Palestinians can't be? Common people may have resentment, but are not murderous. Yeah, I mean, uh, integration from that period took a, a lot of lot of time and still was riddled with oppressive acts, legislation, animosity, a ton of 
a ton of different stuff there. Uh, and I think this is a, a little different in that this is on the heels of losing tens of thousands, uh, you know, over over time and whole whole family lineages. That's a lot. Um, so we shall see. We shall see. I just like, like I told you guys, I follow Bassan uh, and all of her videos from Gaza and she's lost, I think, a few family members and she documents those who have lost. And I just think about her, that sort of pain uh, as, as a young woman and just imagine how much that like just echoes throughout everything. And uh, it's just a little, I think it's a little different. A little different. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not completely apples to apples. Um, yeah. You could say that in the Civil War, you had over half a million soldiers on both sides who lost their lives in that fight. Mm -hmm. But also that Reconstruction wasn't as successful as you might think because mm -hmm. we still had to have, well, we still ended up with Jim Crow and had to have the Civil Rights Movement. Right. Um, and there was plenty of uh, issues and discrimination, much some of which still um you know, the, at least the issues and the debates over it persist to this day. So, but also there was a war to resolve that conflict and, you know, one side won and ex exerted its will over the other side and established peace on its terms. But uh, I guess to your point, that was ultimately um, the reunification of the United States was a successful endeavor. So, I don't know, it's, it's an interesting comparison, but... Definitely yeah. probably not one-to-one. Uh, -one. Yeah. Um, Celtic Blacksmith says, yes, there are animal species that have same-sex relations. While wow, we're still on this. Um, they also eat mm. their own poop. So what do you want to do with that? <laughs> hey, it's just a question. It's just a question. There's a, just a, question, a ton I of guess. interesting things that happen out uh, in nature. And maybe, you know, uh, maybe there are connections to the human realm. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, a couple more here. Skylar Adamson says, you'll be here for Australia Day. Uh, there's a Wonka-themed high tea in Sydney. I recommend it if that's your flavor. A Wonka-themed high tea. I am interested. In, depending on which Wonka it is. If it's the newest one, I'm not <laughs> interested at all. If it's the old school Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I'm 100% interested in whatever that is. Uh, but yeah, if that'll be If you show up and find cool. out it's a musical high tea, you're going to be complaining on TikTok. Well, yeah, yeah. I think some would. Some would. Me, over the moon. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I, that'd be awesome. I'll have to check that out because I, I will be in Sydney for the for the majority of it also in uh, Bathurst if there's any of you over there if you're in Australia right now where are you, where are you at let us know in the chat down below um one and last one I see here from Boz again says uh, couldn't help asking have you seen Killers of the Flower Moon I don't know any of the politics surrounding it but I think the movie was great I have not um and there's no reason why I have not watched that movie other than the fact that I've heard it's very long I don't know what's with movies being so long these days. I feel like every movie that comes out yeah. is like two and a half, three hours. I'm like, and then I always watch them. And whether or not it's a good movie, I'm like, you could have cut this down. There could have been some stuff that you did. Scorsese and like even Christopher Nolan, like in the Oppenheimers, when, once you get to be of a certain mm -hmm. echelon of director, the uh, studios don't really, they Fair. have to give you yeah. more leeway. And then you end up with these movies that probably could have been 45 minutes to an hour shorter. <laughs> But the directors want to, I'm like, Play you can around. have it both ways. Release the director's cut and then, give, you know, give us right. the, the 
the theatrical cut because yeah mm-hmm. i don't that's probably the biggest reason i haven't watched it is just because i'm not gonna sit down for three hours and and do that it does it's seem just, like a heavy movie and i kind of have to be in the headspace to want to watch like a heavy heavy film to mm-hmm. do that especially if it's gonna be three hours right like oh let me just go feel terrible and on edge for three hours so that right. sounds fun <laughs> like i love the movie gone with the wind but it's four hours so i'm like i, I always see it and i'm like oh i love that movie I'm not going to like four hours of just drama and devastation and sadness. I've still never seen it for that reason. Uh, it's it's a, just, I know if you I haven't to, but... seen it, 100% watch it. All but... right. You watch Lord of the Rings extended <laughs> and then I'll watch uh, that it's one. It's just not the same. It's just not the same. Alas. Okay. Well, we're done with super chats. So we can keep hanging out and talking about movies. Yeah, we can keep talking about uh, the fact that Taylor needs to watch Gone with the Wind with no obligation for me to watch Lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) I rebuke that. That I did. I did try to watch Lord of the Rings and I don't know what happened, why I didn't get through watching it, but I did try uh, at some point. It's so funny because with the way people talk about Lord of the Rings, I'm expecting something less uh theatrical than what it actually is and then when i start watching it i'm like this is very and obviously i haven't gotten through far enough to like get the deeper themes or anything like that but i'm like oh this seems like for a a much younger audience when you're watching the beginning of the movie and kind of the effects and stuff like that but i do need to Mm. actually watch the whole thing i know guys you guys love lord of the rings and it's really powerful and deep and everything (laughs) yeah i'll concede especially the first movie it's like a little slow developing Uh but like once you go through the trilogy or like oh my gosh like the first one's probably not my favorite mm-hmm. um now going back that i go back to over and over but uh when i first watched lord of the rings i was like 12 or something and i was like what is this this is boring so right i i sympathize with that initial you know skepticism or whatever but one day i will get through it and on that day <laughs> you're gonna have to watch gone with the wind i could talk about gone said, with the wind uh, if you cut it up into four episodes on like a streaming platform then you uh, you binge it and I'm like that's probably true <laughs> like I will I do catch myself that's doing so that funny. like oh I couldn't possibly watch a three-hour movie but then you, you get into one of these like true crime documentaries that's like six episodes an hour each and you're like staying up till four in the morning to finish them <laughs> fair enough fair enough guys what I've been watching recently is like uh Rick and Morty I I really do love oh, really? Rick and Morty um and I'm trying to think there was an episode that I watched and I'm like Everybody needs to watch this episode. It's such a good episode. And of course, Rick and Morty is like bite-sized. You can watch that easily. The Rick Mantis mix-up. That is the best episode of Rick and Morty, hands down, I think. Uh, And if you haven't seen it, I think it's on Max. So you guys can watch it there. But uh, the Rick Mantis mix-up. Watch that stuff. It is very much in tune with like a lot of how our like political system runs right now in corporate America and stuff like that. Uh, It's actually a, a deep, a deep cartoon. Uh, for those of you who have not seen it, and on I watched that note, the first season. But, you watched um, the first season. I kind of fell off. Yeah. You need to watch the Rick Man. It, that's season three, episode seven. Season okay. three, episode seven. For those of you who don't know, if you just watch that episode, I feel like you're going to be like, "Oh, I can appreciate. I can appreciate this. Very, very well done." Fair Anyways, enough. guys, that's going to end our show for today. <laughs> Thank you so much. For watching guys i hope you have a fantastic rest of your day if you like this video like subscribe click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live that's monday wednesday friday 1 p.m pacific 3 p.m central 4 p.m eastern plus we post videos for you guys every single day tomorrow's video is about the loss of natural beauty in celebrity hollywood 
Instagram, Botox, filler, buckle fat removal, Ozempic. We're going to be talking about all those things, and I would love to hear your thoughts. It's a subject matter that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time, but not quite sure how to broach the, the topic. So let me know how you feel about it when tomorrow's episode comes out and keep an eye out for it. With that, if you disagree with anything I said in this episode, do get out, but do so respectfully. And I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your Wednesday. Bye, guys. <laughs>